25 minutes in front of the hour as we round out the guest list for the week. Our friend Yael Osowski joins us from the Consumer Choice Center, the global grassroots movement for consumer choice, consumerchoicecenter.org, their website, also host of the Consumer Choice Radio Show, Saturdays at 10 a.m. right here on the Big Talker FM. Yael coming to us from Hotlanta this morning, where his brother resides. His brother also on the pit crew of one of the NASCAR drivers on the circuit. Yael, from what I understand, is that your brother and his crew recently took the checkered flag at one of the latest NASCAR races. Well, that's actually my other brother uh, who's in sports. He's the one who lives in Charlotte. But yeah, they uh, with the William Byron uh, car in the 24, they were able to... Bring home a win uh, over at Daytona. It was an awesome celebration, and it was cool to be there with my family. Uh, good to celebrate a win every now and then. Oh, no question. Well, we love winning. And, uh, well, I, to take a phrase from somebody that we hear every day uh, on the television and through social media, we enjoy winning. And as long as you put uh, the best effort forward, uh, we're okay with that as well, even if we come up on the short end of the stick uh, once in a while. Nonetheless, uh, yeah, yeah, there are a couple of topics I want to get to with you because it seems as if you're always ahead of the curve. I don't know it's because you spend a lot of time in Europe and you're ahead of us, uh, you know, six, seven hours uh, from a time zone standpoint. Uh, but, uh, you know, for months, actually, you've been uh, publishing articles and even on this program talking about, uh, well, the upcoming and we just had a member of the White House uh, economic uh, a coronavirus task force on the show in the last segment talked about what he has called a covid litigation tax and how there needs to be an effort in congress right now to push together a liability shield for small medium-sized businesses because we all know the shark personal injury attorneys are wide open their eyes meaning on potential gold mines out there in going after businesses if people, of course, contract COVID somehow, some way around uh, a small business. Yeah, and this started months ago as soon as we had the government signing over these large checks and and people were getting bailouts or grants. And then the the question started to become that, you know, we already see this sea and this scourge of lawsuits coming our way. I think between March and May, there were already 2,400 lawsuits related to corona. And these have to do with people who have contracted it, whether it be at work or whether they were a consumer or whether it's schools that are opening back up. So it started becoming an issue sort of over the summer and before then. And really what we saw is that there really is a need to protect the industries and the workplaces and the schools that take responsible measures and to have some kind of waiver, some kind of liability shield so that they're not going to be subject to this entire tsunami of lawsuits that's coming their way. There are plenty of newsletters out there that some of your listeners might get that are from different legal firms saying, you can join this lawsuit and that lawsuit and that lawsuit. Everyone's probably gotten an email from uh, the Apple settlement because uh, because something with their update, and you can get a, a big spank in 63 cents deposited to your bank account. And this is happening so much, and I think it's really holding a lot of small businesses back because they've been under lockdown for months. They want to open up. They've taken all the guidelines into account. They've provided masks. They have the social distancing. They have the shields where necessary. And that doesn't mean that that's going to stop the lawsuits. And I think that's why it's important to have this liability shield in place. It's actually very important for consumers, too, because then if 
all these organizations and companies are having to spend all their money on lawyers and trying to figure out how to deal with these lawsuits, it means they have to raise their prices elsewhere. And that affects you, it affects me, it affects every single listener. So that was the idea of the liability waiver, the liability shield. It was in the Senate proposal that was voted on yesterday. It seems the Democrats banded together in the Senate to vote against it because they called it not adequate. Uh, So that's unfortunate, but we're going to keep fighting the message and hopefully have some kind of liability shield so that as we come out from under lockdown, uh, small, medium-sized businesses, schools, don't have to be worried uh, by the army of lawyers that are coming their way. And let's make it clear that uh, you know if you're a business owner and completely negligent of the situation, then you should be held responsible. But we all know in the society that we live in, a lawsuit-happy culture and uh, with attorneys just kind of chomping at the bit uh, to, to file these lawsuits that uh, we may see a ton. And as you said, from over just the first few months, uh, what was it, 2,600, those lawsuits now over 4,000 uh, in the country. We talk about uh, these liability lawsuits related to uh, the corona uh, surrounding small, medium-sized businesses. And Yael, tell me, you know, as I said, ahead of the curve. We're talking a lot about curves these days. How did you have this, uh, you know, months and months and months before, well, we're talking to the White House about it? Yeah, I think it just had to do with the reading of the tea leaves. And, you know, I've been following the legal reform sort of movement uh, for a couple of months, and I've talked about that on your show, Joe. And you could kind of see already uh, from the side of the the trial lawyers, these are the large organizations that usually you see their face on the billboard. You know, have you been in an accident? Call now. Uh, Plenty of these people have, have already started beating the drum on corona, and you saw that very early on. And it's this need to assign blame. You know, I think we have enough of this with our politics and in the news. And I saw that that was already starting to happen with people who are really good intended. They're well intended. They're trying to put their businesses back out there. You know, they're providing opportunities for customers to buy their products. And now they're being targeted by lawsuits. So I kind of saw that early on. Uh, There was some rumblings of ways to protect it. And now it's actually become a, a rallying cry for uh, most of the Senate Republicans who really understand the needs of medium and small enterprises that really don't have the resources to deal with this. You know, if, if, if this means that every small brewery, every pub, every Trader Joe's, every store in the country is going to need its own lawyer and legal team to try to understand the coronavirus, um, it's not a public health issue anymore. It becomes a legal issue, and that means a lot of money and a lot of costs. Yael Osowski with the Consumer Choice Center with us, uh, broadcasting from Atlanta today. In fact, uh, my sister, en route from Atlanta to the Carolina coast, uh, as uh, we're going to be celebrating her 30th birthday uh, tomorrow. Uh, That said, I mean, just to throw that little nugget in there. Well, and and with that being said, you talk about public health. You talk about, well, getting together with family and friends. Are you telling me that, uh, well, the Trump administration and the federal government is looking at telling me they're already, of course, coming after us uh, when it comes to, you know, which uh, products we consume as far as food. We know there's been an attack on red meat for several years now, and uh, that's why I am a big supporter and proponent of my friend John Mullins and his business, America's Choice Gourmet. It's where I get all my T-bone steaks and New York strips from, and in fact, we'll be giving some out early next week. We've got protein packages that we've put together 
together with America's Choice Gourmet, red meat, lots of it, uh, to you know, fans and supporters of ours that will be delivering to you uh, all types of steaks, uh, uh, poultry, and, and pork coming your way next week. We've got six of those protein packages we're going to be giving out. Well, the red meat, nothing goes better than uh, you know a, a nice cold uh, uh, beer with the, that steak. And now you're telling me the federal government is going to, well, put together guidelines as far as how much I can drink day to day? Yeah, th- this is uh, something that comes out every, every couple of years. I think every five years there are these dietary guidelines set up by the FDA, uh, brought to you by the same people who brought you the food pyramid, by the way, which has been debunked. Uh, but now the new understanding from many alcohol researchers and academics is that the recommended amount and the limit is one drink per day. Uh, that actually is, is standing against many different studies that show many benefits of moderate drinking. Uh, we're not talking about binge drinking here, but moderate drinking. And now they put enough pressure on many people who are bureaucrats in the government to make it so that only one drink uh, will be the recommended limit. It right now stands at two. Uh, with this change, that means that the government is is endorsing uh, sort of this teetotaler mentality. And I understand that uh, Donald Trump himself is a teetotaler. He doesn't drink alcohol. That's fine. But this is, you know, the United States of America. And we can make that choice on our own. And to see that these changes are being done kind of behind the scenes, there's a lot of lobbying by many researchers, many prohibition groups. Uh, we've talked about prohibition in the past, Joe. Uh, many of these people, you know, take the, the spirit of temperance and they want to enshrine this into law and into regulation. And that's what we're seeing right now with these new guidelines. Um, you thought that, uh, you know, having your, your two beers after a, a hard day's work uh, was, was satisfactory and made your life better. Uh, according to the government, they say no. So it's important to, to highlight this and, and hopefully we can get a bit more people in tune and maybe change the tune of the government. Uh, to make sure that we can we can get our drinks as we demand. Well, I'm going to have to ask my grandmother for some uh, reference on this. So my 92-year-old grandmother, who's been having uh, two glasses of wine a day at least uh, since, uh, well, the Great Depression, I'm wondering how, in fact, uh, she would react to the federal government telling her uh, how much she should be uh, consuming when it comes to her vino uh, on a daily basis. Uh, I'll get a report back to you next week on how she reacts to that. How does that sound? Yeah, that'd be great. I, I, these are the people that we need to learn from. You know, these are people who've who've had these habits and uh, they've been able to use them in their lives. And you can make healthy decisions everywhere. And again, moderation is the key, but we don't need a sort of government recommendation in order to do that. And the same government that, of course, uh, kept all of the liquor and beer stores open in the middle of the pandemic, uh, while many other small businesses had to shutter their doors. And in the state of North Carolina, of course, we know the government runs the alcohol system. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's an unfortunate fact. You with us uh, this morning from the Consumer Choice Center. Uh, do I still have you, Yael? Are you with us? Oh yeah, no. I'm 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 just thinking about the different things that we've been told over the years, the ways that uh, we've had you know the the pandemic really shift our politics and really make it super hard for people to get a drink at the end of the day. I think. Uh, that should incense, I know, many of your listeners. And look, uh, the entire point of, of having free choice and the ability to choose these things um, is something that we need to protect. Yeah, yeah, I had a caller, and I want to get to this uh, final uh, point here because uh, a lot, well, and rightfully so, in the news lately surrounding the latest round of wildfires out towards the western uh, part of the country and up into Washington State and Oregon and then, of course, you know, traditionally in California, these you know, seasonal wildfires uh, continue to spark and create uh, destruction. Uh, I had a uh, fr- uh, caller uh, in on before, and he talked about, uh, you know, some of these, uh, well, he, 
he would call them, uh, well, we used to maybe call them conspiracy theories, uh, but in this era of uh, Trump and, uh, you know, limited uh, reliability on, you know, entities like the media and our politicians and the government as a whole, that some of these conspiracy, you know, Alex Jones type of ways of, of thinking have become kind of mainstream. Uh, and at, in relation to the wildfires, I don't know if you've caught wind, but there are a couple of groups out here that have predicted that some of these wildfires, particularly in places like Oregon and Washington, were going to spark many months ago. They made this prediction, and now here we are. Um, I'm not going to go with the, the organization that has put forward some of these thoughts, but, uh, you know, was this uh, coming or, you know, maybe there's something to the latest uh, tinfoil hat conspiracy on some of these wildfires that have sparked, you know, in places like Oregon and Washington where we don't hear much about them uh, typically. Yeah, and we've we've had this issue for a while. I don't know if I'd go down the rabbit hole uh, here on the radio, Joe, but I, I would say that it's a problem that everyone has been very cognizant of, and that's why you have uh, forest management as a science, and that's why you know we're supposed to follow these principles and ways to clear away brush, do the trimming. In California, there, there's so much emphasis sort of on this environmental message and everything around climate change that they really have neglected that. Uh, it was kind of brought to the fore with Trump a few months ago when he was discussing how different countries do it, things like Finland, where they have huge swaths of forest and they have had many fires in the past, uh, but they actually have a very robust regime for doing forest management. And we haven't seen that in, in California, and there's there's a lot of work to be done. And, of course, it's expensive, but it's what you have to do to preserve nature. It's what you have to do to try to preserve your forests. That's why we have controlled burns. I mean, that's always going to be something in California that we've known. And now what we've seen in Oregon and Washington is, is more of the same and a lot of neglect, really, at the hand of public officials. You know, this is these are public lands that they're supposed to be the stewards of, and they really haven't followed through on the practices that are necessary. And uh, the, the latest uh, idea is that it was some gender reveal party and some fireworks or some fire thing that, that led to, to sort of a blaze. Uh, and you can put all the blame on them. But again, if, if the forests are stacked in a certain way and you don't have the brush that's cleared, um, it's due to have a wildfire. I, d I don't know how often we need to, to say this. You remember the beginning of the year in Australia, Joe, it was much the same. Uh, people who were trying to do controlled burns were told by the environmentalists that they were hurting the planet and they weren't allowed to do it anymore. Anymore. And there were efforts to ban that, but that actually stops these fires. It helps us stop the, the huge destruction that happens. So I think that the environmentalists might be playing the wrong game here. Um, might not be the only subject where I say that, but they definitely have not really followed through on their promises in California and really failed a lot of people. And it's unfortunate that it's now wrapped up in the huge conversation about climate change when it really is about good, effective public policy and forest management, which anyone who lives out in a rural area, they know everything about. We've had to deal with this stuff for a long time. Uh, it just seems the environmentalists have, have gotten too strong, especially in California. Yeah. So in states like California, are we going back to doing our laundry in the kitchen sink or, or uh, and hang drying all of our laundry outside? Uh, because, uh, you know, I'm looking at uh, Gavin Newsom's uh, Twitter feed uh, this week at three o'clock. You need to turn your air conditioning uh, to 78 degrees or higher. Avoid any use of your major appliances and turn off all of your unnecessary lights. I mean, this is the life we're living now if you live in California. IA. Yeah, the, the rolling blackouts, you know, all the issues that they've had with energy supplies. I mean, this has to do with public policy. It has to do with the 
taxes that they've passed, the carbon tax, uh, their entire system of trying to manage energy, not really allowing much innovation. You know, you still have your your monopolies and your utilities, and you're not really having the type of innovation which we would expect from California. This is supposed to be the most innovative state in the country, and a lot of these issues are still persistent. Uh, so it's kind of it's it's sad that we're going backwards when there are so many new innovative ways that we can deal with the problems of energy. Uh, a lot of people like to discuss things like nuclear. We like to discuss things like fracking and the potential for natural gas. Um, that's not really the way forward for many environmentalists in California who unfortunately have a stranglehold on the state legislature. And I think that's that's another argument, especially in North Carolina, for why you need to really pay attention to your local and state elections. These things matter. These ideas matter. And the more and more that we have bad ideas that permeate through legislators, the more it's going to impact your life. Yael Lasowski from the Consumer Choice Center, the global grassroots movement for consumer choice. You can find them on the web, all the timely topics and articles that they publish at ConsumerChoiceCenter.org. Yael also, alongside his colleague Dave Clement, host of the Consumer Choice Radio Show. It airs at 10 o'clock Saturday mornings right here on the Big Talker FM. Yael, it's a pleasure. Enjoy your weekend with your brother. And hopefully you're able to, you know, per, uh, you know persuade your wife to get out here to the Carolina coast. I'm waiting for you, bud. I've got a, I've got a cold beverage for you. Don't worry. I'm going to send her the video after, and uh, we'll get it arranged. Thanks All so right. much, Joe. Yeah, yeah, thanks a lot, man. All right, we're eight minutes in front of the hour here on the Big Talker FM. One final timeout, and we'll wrap up the program after this. 